Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I am here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hey guys, we're back. Oh hey, how's and everyone doing? And with a new addition. Oh uh, yeah, um, <laughs> in, in a subtraction of sleep, but yes, a, a new so, addition is correct. You sounded quite opposite of enthusiastic when uh, he said, "Oh yeah." Uh, it's it's been he's been great. He's been phenomenal. Uh, it's been the regression of the first child, in at which we were potty training, and that has gone absolutely sideways. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it no, it's been really good. Um, easy baby, uh, not a fun, nice. not a fun process for mom, but an easy baby. So, uh, yeah, no, everything's good. How have you guys been? Not too shabby. I've been enjoying the weather. We have a uh, a basement for our soon to be home now in place, so it's it's been pretty good. They should be backfilling this week, and we should be vertical on some walls here in the next week. Yeah, as I say, hopefully well, they can put a house on top of it pretty soon. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> it would be wonderful. Ryan, it's too bad you don't live here. You, your fucking house would have blown away with the fucking wind we had overnight. <laughs> oh, it was we, we had the same thing. Yeah, we man. did too. Windy, oh, you guys had it too? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I thought the power was going to go out. Usually we lose power like at the drop of a hat, and uh, we didn't. I was, we were pretty lucky. I thought, oh. I thought this townhome was going to cave in because like, you just hear the wall <laughs> shaking. I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah, it was it was wonderful. But uh, Greg, congratulations! That's yeah, that's awesome. New and, big boy. Uh, if you yeah. guys didn't already check it out on the Twitter feed, uh, Greg did have a baby. That's what we were talking about. If you couldn't put two and two together, yeah, um, uh, oh, I didn't get a dog or a puppy or anything. Hair. No, so my daughter was born with more hair. Really? That, yeah, my daughter there was had so much hair. Yeah, my daughter had a little bit more hair than that when she was born. Wow. So yeah, uh, children have a lot of hair, <laughs> and her Mine hair has none. My daughter, who's two and a half now, hair is down in the middle of her back. Wow. So, See, that's yeah. impressive. It's really good. Really good hair. Strong <laughs> strong hair genes. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, so we've been out for a bit. I took a little bit of a hiatus because of, uh, of a baby. Uh, but we're back. And this is our first show for the Hockey Pod Network, which is great. Yay. And uh, yeah, it was supposed to be last week, and we already yeah kinda, yeah. <laughs> but you know, ba- babies have other Sorry. plans. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's our first uh, our first podcast for them, so it's really cool. Um, so if you guys check them out on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, there's a bunch of other cool podcasts on there too, and we'll most likely be doing some team ups with them. But we do have uh, quite a bit of stuff to talk about tonight, and we're gonna take I think a little bit of break. The Red Wings did win a couple games uh, while we were out. But now they look like now they look like complete garbage against Columbus. They scored a power play goal. And tonight they did. They did. And two of them. And uh, it made the Jamie Daniels Foundation almost fifteen thousand dollars. If you didn't catch what was happening online, the Red Wings subreddit said that everyone should donate one dollar per failed power play, which ended at forty. Prashant Iyer brought it over to Twitter. Nope. And Twitter took it over, and yeah, fifteen thousand dollars for the Jamie Daniels Foundation. Uh, we did our part and threw it in there, and uh, it's just big shout out to the Red Wings fan base, some of the best fans in all of hockey who raised a the ton best fans in all of hockey who may raised a ton of money for the Jamie Daniels Foundation, which is really cool. Um, but the Red Wings did win a couple games while we were out, and right now they're losing horribly to Columbus. But we do want to talk uh, a little bit about something that's not directly currently game related and that is the 2021-22 roster um, UFAs and then a little bit later we're going to talk about the the big board and the trade deadline coming up in April but uh, the 2021-22 roster is shaping up to be interesting and I think me and Ryan talked about it a couple weeks ago where we only have like 11 guys under contract 
next uh, next season, and that is Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, Robbie Fabry, Vadislav Nemestikov, Philip Zadina, Danny DeKaiser, Thomas Grice, uh, Troy Stetcher, and Franz Nielsen. And that is our, our roster heading into <laughs> into next season. Now that's active roster. That's not counting guys like Joe Valeno, who is signed. Um, and guys that are going to be on the primary roster yeah. for contract. Guys who are playing now that will continue into next season unless they're traded. Yep. So, which got me to thinking, who are, who would you keep? I guess that's, that's where we're going to start tonight is who of the UFAs might you want to bring back or even the RFAs? Who do you want to sign? Who do you want to not tender an offer to and just release? Mm -hmm. What do you, what do you want to do? So knowing who we have locked up and do you guys just want to start down the list and, and, and do yays or nays and and see what happens. Yeah, yes, I think that's I appropriate think that's because idea. if we break it up, then we're going to get confused, or at least I will, because I'm already <laughs> several ginger ales deep into this game. So, All right. Yeah. So so what I will do is I will start with, uh, I'll just go down the list, and we'll see, we'll see what we come up uh, with for each person. So we'll start with everyone's love, love to hate him or, or hate to love him, in some cases, is Darren Helm. Uh, Darren Helm is 34 mm. years old. He makes $3.85 million a season currently and is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Darren Helm, as you know, has uh, been injured for a decent portion of his career mm-hmm. and is a great... I will say Darren Helm is a great PK guy. Uh, he's, he's a great a, fourth line depth player. Yeah, he's still Ish. fast. Um, he, he fast ish. I mean, he's not going to hit his career high of like 33 points anymore. Uh, the last, uh, 2017, 18 had 31, 18, 19, 17, 19, 20, 16, uh, 75 games, 61 games, 68 games. So he's playing a, a better amount of games. I guess there was only maybe two seasons where he was out for a significant amount of time, which was 13, 14. He only played half a season. And then uh, 16, 17, he only played 50 games. But Darren Helm, I mean, there is an obvious drop-off in his game because he's 34. And he's never been, as a lot of people would like to say, elite. But I think it's time to let... I think three years ago it was time to let Darren Helm walk. But uh, he got a contract. But I am saying nay on Darren Helm. Yeah, I'm saying nay as well. I I think, you know, the... The string has been played out, and I think it's time. And honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if the same thing that happened to Justin Abdelkader. Obviously, he's not getting bought out. But if the same thing were to present itself of him maybe going over to Europe, or maybe he'll get another opportunity in the NHL. But, I mean, Europe, you know, probably make more money. I don't see him playing Europe. I think he would be NHL or bust. He's Canadian. I could see him going, maybe trying to go for one of those squads. (sighs) I can see I'm, that. I'm really torn on if I would be a yay or an A. I would probably go nay simply for the fact that he is 34. We've visibly seen that he's lost a couple steps this year. It's disappointing in the sense that he really has. He's kind of like a Luke Glendening. He's given his all for his specific role in Detroit. He's always been known as stone hands. We never expected him to score. But for what the team is slowly making their way to, I I don't see the future there. So it's one of those now where we kind of see like a Jimmy Howard, Erickson, all these guys that played so many years. It's just, it's time, time to move. The only way I could see him coming back is if he's going on the vet minimum or like one and a half million dollars for a one year deal to kind of uh, fill the void for a season until we have full on turnover, like in regards to younger players coming in. Yeah, and I think you could replace Darren Helm with someone from from outside the, the current roster, it's like far younger and cheaper. Sure, bring if you want to if you're playing Helm third line minutes, uh, bring in a Jonathan Bergeron and play him third line minutes, mm-hmm. and see what happens there. And you're you're cutting the you're cutting the age of your team down because the Red Wings are still a, a rather old team this season. Next season they become way younger because they've only got so many people on the roster. But like I said, you can, you can cut a 34-year-old, bring in a guy like Bergeron, who's absolutely on a torrid pace in the SHL right now, and and see what he can do uh, with some third-line minutes 
instead of signing Helm again for... And even like you said, if he'd take vet minimum, he'd get the Bobby Ryan special and make a million dollars a year or whatever. But exactly. maybe you can trade him. Uh, maybe you can trade a Darren Helm to a, a contender that wants just a a penalty killing guy. But other than that, I mean, Darren Helm doesn't have very much value on the on the market. No, if he does go anywhere, he's going to a contender. I would think, if anything, because they're looking for that type of like. I could see him going to say the Capitals, for instance, or. Even like a, he could fit in well on the fourth line in say Colorado. Like could he, you put him would, in Tampa? You could. He could fit in Tampa because you know he would absolutely be, fit in Tampa. Yep, he would fit the mold. He'd still be a PK guy. I think it'd be like I said, a one or two year deal, no matter where he goes. And he, he's at that point of what can you still give me? It's not much, but it can happen. And we, we've seen the flashes of what he can potentially do until Stone Hands take over. But, it, yeah, I, I could see him going to a contender in a fourth line for a very cheap bet minimum or $1 million contract. Sure. And well, speaking of the jersey that I'm wearing, he'd be a perfect fit on Long Island. Yeah. I, I think you could I, say I you could yeah. put him anywhere but here because we don't really yeah. need him. He's not part of the, the plans going forward yeah. is, I guess, the, nope. the way we'd look at it. So we'll move on to the next player because people get really mad when we talk about Darren Helm in, in any <laughs> negative fashion. So, uh, Darren Helm, yeah. the great guy, just not. I think, I think not it's. Happening. I think it's time. I think it's the change in the guard. We've already seen it the last year and a half, two years. <laughs> the train has left the station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna move on to. Uh, I mean, automatic nay for me, Valtteri Filippo. Bye. Yeah. Nope. No. No. I'm, I don't even think that needs discussed. He did what he needed to do. He filled a, a need uh, for sure. Eisenman, and sure. it's gone. He's 36 years old. He'll be 37. He'll retire. Uh, I can't see weeks. him not retiring. Yeah, he'll be 37 years old in two weeks. I think it's. I think he's probably done. No, fine. I think the games passed him by too. I think he's a little you too think? slow. You think? I think some pucks nowadays. have passed him by too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, it really depends on the line you put him on. If you got him with some decent skill players, I think he can still benefit you in a, in some fashion. But the fact that he is so afraid of his own fucking shadow when it comes to shooting the puck, <laughs> that, that's his downfall. We Valtteri, do the pass, Philpola. Oh, my God. The fact that he even has shots on net this year blows my mind. No, but, <laughs> I mean, just, just keep playing him with uh, play him with Svechnikov, and he'll get some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so, so I think that's, fucking a, that's an automatic no for all of us. Yeah, that's out. Uh, we'll skip down to, now here is where we get a little interesting. And someone I don't think... I mean, it's not that I don't think. I definitely wouldn't mind seeing him back as a Luke Glendenning. I would, uh, I'd do it. Absolutely. 31 years old, $1.8 million, um, a absolute face-off juggernaut. Number uh, one in the league. Fourth-line grinder. Now, I could argue that if you say no to him, you could replace him with a guy like Giovanni Smith, but I don't think Giovanni Smith is, is making up in that wh- face-off on, space. Nope, he's not. So uh, he's the same kind of player. I think Smith might have a little more offensive upside to him. But I think Luke Glendening, you would keep for more of that that grit role to just win you faceoffs, get in the dirty areas, Mm -hmm. piss other players off. He's a typical fourth-line grinder guy who you're not expecting to score a million goals, but you're expecting him to shut the other team down, which he does very well. He's still a guy you would want out there in the final two minutes protecting a lead whenever that may happen again. Um in your own zone. Like, you want him out there to win that draw, to help get the puck out of the zone. And, yeah, that's he has fit that role since day one. He's the backhand goal master. We all know that much. So just do that, and hopefully good things happen. But I, I would say for him, for me, the, the ideal situation would be like a two-year deal. Bring him back. see, Let him just fill that void. He lets, He's a great teacher for the young centers that we're likely going to have trying to crossover into the lineup so he's good for Erasmussen he's good for Valino he's good for Larkin for that matter so I I think he's a a huge benefit to have on that roster yeah and he right now again 67.6% face-offs that is insanity 225-1-108 loss that is (laughs) that's incredible very good like like insanely good for how many that he takes, and I think tonight he would. Last I checked, he was something like fifteen and four in the dot. 
So that's it's nuts. No no one does that except for like Luke Glendening. And there's a few other players. Especially but, nowadays where you can't really cheat on the draws. There's no, no winning it back you with your hand. There's no encroaching. There's none of that. Like the you know, second a, you do something, they kick you out. Yeah. yeah. So it's And it, if you touch the puck with your hand, it's a penalty. Yeah. So it's your glove. You know. What he does, he does his he knows his role and he does his role very well. And I would there are very few, I think, other bottom six guys. I would take over over Luke Glendening, and even if you're saying, well, let's throw throw a rookie. He's 31. Throw a rookie in there. I mean, you throw a rookie in there to do the same job as him. Yeah, and, is he going to win 65 percent of the faceoffs? No, definitely not. So he's well, we got an A. That, yeah, we got, we'd hope that Dominic Turgeon was going to be that replacement one day, but that we haven't hardly heard his name. We'd have to talk to our Grand Rapids folks to get even the re- a remote idea of what that could be, but it's unlikely at this point. Yeah, you're not so, going to replace him very easily is what I'm saying. No, I mean he's your he's one of your alternate captains. He can play all three forward positions and he's making dirt cheap money and I think even coming back he might want a slight raise like you might pay him 2 million a year, but I think even at 2 million a year Luke Glendening is worth it. Oh yeah, I I think he'll go down. I bet it would be about 115 or even maybe a little bit less because we know what Iserman, what the magic he can pull yeah. off. So. Yeah, I like Glendening. I think that he would be a candidate, obviously, to bring back. But I don't know if he'd be willing to come back, especially if it's something where he wants yeah. to go and try and win somewhere. I wonder if it's something where he says, well, you know, I've been here my entire career, undrafted, you know, everything like that comes on as a walk-on. Or he was a walk-on at Michigan and, you know, comes to the, to the Red Wings and eventually makes a team. I wonder if it's, you know, the, the time has come for him to move on as well. I mean, you'd hate to see that happen because he's so valuable, uh, you know, in the defensive zone and obviously in the dot like we talked about. But uh, you just kind of wonder if, if, especially at the deadline, if, if there's teams calling on him, are, are you willing to move him? His name is on the big board, Luke Lindening, of course. But like trade you board, said, big board, de- trade board. yeah, defensively, Luke Lindening's on a safe percentage is 93%, meaning that 93% of the shots taken on net while Luke Lindening is on the ice are saved. So that's, I mean, that's very, very good. He's a, he's a defensive player. Like we said, he's your grinder. He's your prototypical fourth line guy who does his job amazingly. I would not mind seeing Luke Lindening back next season. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, your next guy is Bobby Ryan, and again, I I would not mind seeing Bobby Ryan back again. Um, but I think you you try and work something. You're st- again Steve Eisenman. You work magic. You try and work something where you tell him you'll trade him and then re-sign him in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, coming into the night, he's leading the team in points. Yep, it's in 23 games. He's got six and six for goals and assists. Uh, he has shown that even on a bad team like this, that he can make an impact. Granted, his most impactful time was when Burt was not hurt. So I think, uh, ironically, Bryant. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's, he can do something, and that was what he was hoping to prove. He's showing now, the flashes of, his, uh, of offense that he, he's known for, his 30-goal scoring seasons. Yeah. Is he going to hit yeah. that? Obviously no. not. No. But you think about what he could provide – for a Lucas Raymond, a continue like to play with Robbie Fabry and Philip Sedina, guys that we need to be goal scorers, Mantha for that matter, are he's who you would want players around that are trying to make their way and becoming like an elite level play player. He's a former second round pick, as we've stated many a times, for a reason, or se- second overall pick. Yep. Second overall pick. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm a yes on Bobby Ryan, um, kind of for the same exact reasons as Ryan said. The only thing that I think about this particular situation is it kind of reminds me of, you guys remember the Thomas Vanek situation where Vanek mm-hmm. signed as a UFA and then they brought him in and you know the team was struggling. They traded him at the deadline, right? Although Bobby Ryan, you're trading him to a contender. I don't think he's leaving that contender. I think he'd probably resign with them but you know i mean Uh, in terms of bobby ryan i mean you're paying him a million bucks right now i mean could you on uh, you can still extend right 
You could extend him right now if you wanted to. Yeah, they could. That, that's he's what a, I, that's what I mean. I wonder off, if so that's he could be at any point. I wonder but if I that's a conversation that has been had or not. I see that I don't know. I mean, they said there is a report that they did. Iserman did have the conversation with Bobby Ryan before the season that if he if he could move him, if he's doing well and he could move him, then Bobby Ryan said if I had the chance to go to a contender and that the Red Wings got an asset for it. I mean, it's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. So right. that I think that's a good that's a good spot for him to be in. And then again, like you said, would he want to resign with the Red Wings in the offseason, given the fact that he's on a contender and maybe that contender wants to extend him for for two, three, four more years? I mean, he's 33, so no. probably not that long. But if, if a contender wants to give him a two-year contract and take him to 35, it and, turns thirty four on March seventeenth. So, so I don't, I don't know. St. Betty's Day. <laughs> so he could. I mean, Bobby Ryan loved the guy. He he's come through a lot. He provides, I think, a lot to that locker room. Uh, but it, it's an. He suck. wanted to come here. That was the biggest part. Yeah, the down, the the outcry you're going to see when he eventually gets traded is going to be something special. <laughs> oh, there's so going to be a lot of very is going. Oh, I, I almost definitely, you, there's no way. If you if someone comes to you, if a team comes to you and says, I'll give you a second round pick for Bobby Ryan, you're going to take yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So This I mean, isn't Ken Holland, thanks. Stan Pat. No. No, thanks for your contribution. Exactly. And even if someone says, I'll give you a, a third in, in this roster player for Bobby Ryan, because sure, this roster player might be a little younger, but Bobby Ryan is, is doing better than him right now, and we're in a yeah. win now mode. I mean, so. the thing the thing that we can always hang our hat on is that we knew, well, I shouldn't say we necessarily knew, but you look at the roster and how all the names that we're going through, there's a reason that all of these guys are expiring, and it's Seattle. Yep. Like, we could have seen a Bobby Ryan sign for two to three years with Iserman just kind of hanging, dangling him out there for a couple of seasons. But knowing that he doesn't have to be protected – he wanted to come here because of Iserman. It was very obviously stated by him multiple times. Yep. Um, but he also knows that it's a business, and this team is trying to get back on track. So I don't think that he's upset if he leaves, but I also think this is, like you said, our opinion, but I could see very well see him coming back because he knows this team is going to get better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and he's said that. from it. Yeah. That's the nice get, thing about Bobby Ryan is he's he's been very candid with his statements. He mm-hmm. he tells it like he sees it. He says what the locker room is. He says the potential that he sees in the guys that are here, and he knows that the team is going to get better. So I I could see a Thomas Vanek situation happening where he goes and he gets traded and then comes back and signs. Mm-hmm. But I I, I also wouldn't be surprised makeup. if it goes the other way. Yeah, the the difference would be here for the roster makeup. And not handcuffed by shitty contracts because they're yep. about to literally all be gone. Yep, which is kind of the, the I guess, that was the blessing and curse of Ken Holland is that the curse was that he handcuffed us with all these terrible contracts. But the blessing is that a lot of them fall off at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. So yep. if, if you look at uh, uh, that, I think all of us would not mind having Bobby Ryan back. And we'll move on to the next one who kind of hurts my soul a little bit, and that's Adam Ernie. Who's an um, RFA. Yeah, Adam Ernie is an RFA. He is 25, so this is his last year as an RFA. Oh. And will be um, 26 in April. I'll be the first to say see ya. See ya. I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, that is that is a perfect example of someone that can easily be replaced. Now, Iserman did. Did he draft him? I believe so. He does yep, drafted by Tampa. nothing well. <laughs> drafted by Tampa in the second round in 2015. I know, but he <laughs> is the type that eats up minutes on the fourth line. Um, now, we do, we've do. we gone through the roster and the pipeline many a times, and there are plenty of people to take his place. But Iserman drafted him. He brought him back. So I could see him being tendered, and he's not going to hurt your cap. That's going to be the difference is that you have a guy like that to fill a role and not eat away at your cap situation, which we already know is going to remain stagnant going into next season. So if he's making sub 1 million, which is what he's worth, then it's a situation where you're losing Val Philpola. The odds of someone we'll talk about shortly 
um, Franz Nielsen getting bought out are high. Yeah. So you need a grinder on the fourth line that is not Giovanni Smith. Yeah, because Giovanni Smith is going to be more valuable yes. than that role. Now and he can also eat up time on the PK, I which will, is where he's been his best at. I will agree there. What I will say is, again, like what you said, there are guys that could come in and fill that Adam Ernie role mm-hmm. for for rookie minimum. So actually less than Adam Ernie is making right now and maybe provide a little bit more offense. Now, what does Ernie provide? He provides what people would call sandpaper. Um, grit. Sure, he's Thank got you. the he's got the grit. grit. But that, again, does not translate to the score sheet and even doesn't translate to his stats as far as grit goes. If you look at his, um, if you look at his stats, let's see. Adam Ernie it has a Corsi 4 rating of 46.3 and a Fenwick of 47.2. Which isn't surprising. Uh, his, now, he does have an on ice, a high on ice save of 94.6. But again, Adam, Ernie, Adam Ernie's played 16 games this season it's i like you said i could see them it's not whether we could see them keeping them or not it's what do we want them to and and i think you could put a like you said put a guy in there that's a rookie you could throw a guy in there for cheaper and you know they can sign him to a two-way deal too like he obviously he may balk at that and not want that at all but he is a guy that I think if you were to put him on waivers because of the current climate and of contracts and salary cap and and all that, that he would likely get claimed at such a low price, but you're not losing anything by it. Yeah. Cause teams are trying to cut, cut money basically. Yeah. So I, I, I would say no as far as bringing him back, but it's not an end of the world situation if he is, because he can still be your 13th forward He's not going to hurt you on the cap. Yes, it's a roster spot, but the focus for this team needs to be on their top nine, not their bottom three. I wonder if you could go outside of the organization and replace him with someone. Oh, like, absolutely. Uh, you absolutely like, can. I'm trying to think maybe Nick Benino. Well, I guess he's 33, but maybe like uh, Tanner yeah, like, Pearson, maybe? He's yeah, 29. The guys that are out there right now that have a similar contract and similar role, there's a Dominic Cahoon, Dominic Simone, mm-hmm. ironically, both the same names. Get um, both of them. Mark Jankowski, like Taro Hirose is a comparable contract. Sure, you could put Taro Hirose in. Why Brendan not? Brendan Leipzig. Like, there are guys you could easily replace him with, but a lot of these teams, some of those names that I mentioned, they're going to want to keep wait a minute, wait because wait, they wait, fill wait. that role. Now, granted, right. these are also some. What? You realize Leipzig's in the KHL, right? No, is he? Yeah. <laughs> well, now I do. Well, I was looking could, at I was looking at comparable contracts. So could you go like, get I'm, a Could you go get a Vinny Henestrosa? Oh, I'd be all right with that. Could you yeah. go get a Barclay Goodrow? Plus, uh, Eisenman's had him in Tampa, right? Yeah, he's twenty eight. He's got a little offense. He's making nine point uh, nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars. So there, like you said, there are people you yeah. could get. Uh, he is replaceable to answer that question. Yeah, uh, and that's and and not and it wouldn't be hard to do it either. No, nope, not at all. You could go pick up. And how old is he? He's twenty five. I don't think you want to go towards the. I don't think you want to go towards the twenty nine year old like Connor Sheary who has actual more upside to him. Um, I would. What's Connor Sheary making right now? Seven hundred and thirty five thousand dollars, and he's twenty nine. I don't think he would come here though. You don't think so? No. I mean, granted, he's won, so I guess he doesn't have to worry about that. Shit, if you're going to dip in the barrel, go back and grab Riley Shan. Right. So, it's... Uh, he's he's hey, at least he cool. skates hard. You, you could get Travis Boyd. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Travis Boyd's playing for Toronto right now. He's 28. He has six points in 14 games. Go ahead and do it. All I'm, I guess all we're saying is that um, he's... You could get a similar player that may be a little bit more helpful yeah. uh for the same price for the same price that's where we're kind of sure i think would be the upgrade for the same price yeah or less it'd be less granted we are even tanner pearson yeah well yeah you go back though to when we first found out that ernie was coming here how uh, i won't say excited but giddy maybe we were about the potential upside we, we could see out of him and comparing him to a young justin advocator and that was a bad idea 
Well, so, now he's turned into an old Justin Advocator. Yeah, it's crazy how that works. <laughs> All right. It's curse. So we've beat the Adam Ernie horse to death. We'll move on. Matthias Broma. Yes. Yes. Give me him again. Yep. All not day. Not even a question. Not a question. S- sign him to the same contract. Let him just fucking do his thing. Put him on any line. He's going to be a spark. Just go. Yeah. And it's and it's not even that he's not scoring because he got one and I'm okay with it. It's that he makes stuff happen. He's maybe had what? two bad games pretty much and I didn't see a whole lot of tonight or the last couple games it's been he's crazy, not but. playing with the world's best talent most nights mm-hmm. so just i sign the guy keep the guy throw him out there he's what 26 now yeah he's 26 yep. he's still an rfa he'll be 27 over the summer so yeah. he's good he's an rfa for next season so you still own his rights he's not yeah. going anywhere but he's I arbitration would, eligible but i don't see him doing anything crazy with that i'd say bring him back because he it's it's kind of shown that his game really has not suffered from from bringing him over from the mm-hmm. SHL. Yeah. Besides the whole not scoring and having very great chances to do so, just bad puck luck. D- details. I think yeah. putting him on the fourth line hurts his game a lot, though. Well, yeah, of course it does. Look who he's playing with. It's been between that's Ernie, my point. Philpola, Helm, Glendening, and Nielsen. Like that shit, shit, and more <laughs> shit. That's so, what we saw with Zadina. It's what we saw with Rasmussen. It's what we saw with Larkin and Mantha at times when they get dropped down there. Like That's where you, these guys go to die. Yeah, And that's why I continue to question this coach and you know the decision-making. That's and it's not just the fact. Uh, yeah, of course. We'll do but him it's last not... because his contract's up too. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. nay. Give me the gladiator. It's just the thumb down. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, yeah, Broma, he does what he's supposed to do, and that's provide a spark to the team. And the dude, like, relentless pressure, relentless game. So like, fast. he's got, he's fast, but he's also, like, he doesn't give up on the puck. That's the thing, is he's chasing, he's battling, he's 100% every shift, besides maybe three or four. Glendening's doing without scoring. Sure, and, and, and the scoring will or without without the faceoffs. I mean, the the points scoring. the points will come, and that's not what I'm worried about. It's it's I'm worried about the people that the minute he doesn't score, they turn on him. And I'm like, just look at right. everything else that he's done. It, it's he is one of the I think more offensively capable people on the team because of what I've seen that he could do if the pucks went in the net. If he had just a little bit more puck luck, then he'd probably have I don't know eight goals nine goals there yeah, I can maybe because th- of how close he's been that i can think of that there were just bad luck i mean between the goalie and the net with the puck and it doesn't go in like that's bad he's luck. had a couple posts as well so yeah. yeah there's just chances he's had with wide open nets that just the puck went the wrong way or wasn't flat or something so i i would bring him back i'd maybe sign him for three years let's see what happens that would take him right to 30 so, yeah, I I do it, and he's only making nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars. So give him one point five million for three years. Not even. Yeah, he probably can get away with that. Yep, I'm in. I, I like Bromay's game. He's fast. Uh, he never gives up on the puck, and I mean, uh, he just got to score a little bit more. But I'm sure that's going to come with with more opportunity and, like you said, more puck luck. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd absolutely bring him back. He's one of the guys that I would describe as it. Every night, it looks like he wants it. He wants yeah. the puck. He wants to play. He wants to try and score. He wants to help win the game. He he has the the don't give up kind of attitude to himself, which is what you want. Yeah, most nights he's, he's in like the Clendenning. Yep. Yeah. Most nights he's in the top three of of players that have come to play that are giving their all at each and every shift. And I mean, you know, that's him. That's Larkin. That's Glendenning, Really. Yeah, I agree. So we'll move on from him. I think that's a yes from everyone. Yep. Uh, we move on to Michael Rasmussen, who is an RFA. Bridge uh, deal. Yeah, I think he gets a bridge. I think he he it's his spot to lose next season. I think we talked about this before. Yep. Is that he needs to solidify himself as the third line net front center that just pisses off goalies and, and gets all the dirty goals in front of the net. Now, he has... I think shown that he is faster uh, in the off season. He, because of COVID had hired his own um, skating coach 
And Sean Horkoff said you can tell that he did that. His skating is much improved. And he's a guy I think could be not where you picked him because he should have never been picked where he was picked. Mm-hmm. But I think can become a, a very, very solid third line center. And I know a lot of people are ready to give up on Rasmussen simply because of the, the one season they watched him play. Where he was Jerry where Pop too he, soon. He was forced to play because he couldn't go to the yeah. AHL and he was too good for, for juniors. So I think that that he showed this season in the games that he was in that he can do it. Overseas and, and here. Yeah. And then he just has to keep doing what he was doing. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely tendering Rasmussen, who again is an RFA and does not have arbitration rights. So yeah, the Wings hold all the cards in his contract negotiations, and uh, if they do, I think that I could see a two-year deal come out of it, and it would just be the most appropriate thing for them to do because that for one lets him continue to grow, and two it lets you really figure out your concept track situation because it's going to have Fabry and Nemestikov will be expiring by that point. Uh, so it opens up some cap space there. I mean, they're going to have cap space regardless, but that is a guy that you could make your, he could float in the middle six, but he can also play your bottom six. Yeah, and so, with Valeno, who's a question mark right now, if you needed Rasmussen to play up, I think he could play up. Absolutely. And he's he, what's nice, and I think the biggest difference from this year to other years is the way for one the way he's been skating like to your point yep he just has that extra gear that we hadn't seen yet and two we he's done it before but he's throwing the body and he's not falling over like a domino yeah i mean he's only falling over maybe one out of every five times instead of yeah. four out of every five times he's going out there and making himself like he's asserting himself and especially it's especially noticeable in front of the net and that's where I think that he's going to really make his money on this team is once he starts becoming that power play presence that he's been known for for all these years. I think Detroit will start finally post-Bilesma power play era utilizing what the players they have instead of trying to just run a system. Yep. And I yeah, think that's where yeah. it'll start really coming through. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I like Rasmussen. I mean, he's only 21 years old. People forget that. Mm-hmm. People think he's you know, probably Man, he 23, like 24. He looks mountain jack. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, he's 21 years old. I mean, and he was brought up as a center, right? And, you know, that he was drafted, yeah. I should say, as a center. He, yep, he was. Centers historically take a longer time to develop, especially guys that are drafted in spots where they're probably not supposed to be drafted, to, let's be frank. Mm-hmm. Um, I like his game. I, I think that he should probably be in Detroit the rest of the year. I don't know why we continue to throw out Nielsen and Glendin, uh, not Glendin, but th- Nielsen. I think and a lot Philpola. of it right now is going to depend on how many games they have to stay under to not have to be exposed for Seattle. Mm, that's true. Because too. he did play a full season in the NHL. <laughs> So, so, oh, so that is where maybe his second or third year. This would be his. Well, because he didn't play. Did he play last season? No, he didn't play last season. Not one he's game. Got, no, he did not. He's got 19 games remaining before he is required to meet the exposure. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so you'll see him floating so in and out of the He's got 19. Um, let's see. Svechnikov has 25. And we so, talked about it too. They they put him in the AHL so he can play more in more important games and in better situations high in the lineup mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, losing to to everyone every night and just being, you know, beaten down and stunting development. Yeah, so I, I think he's gonna play right up until he has to meet that threshold. Now, granted, I don't know if it necessarily matters being an RFA. Because if the contract is expiring, does it does it matter if you're an RFA versus a UFA? What do you mean? No, players on their entry level don't have to be protected, but protected, well, I don't think. Uh, not necessarily. It's it, it depends on for how, how many games you have in. But if your contract is expiring going into next season, or is the the this draft before the new season starts? The expansion is before free agency. So I don't know if his status. I mean. So He's they could RFA, take him. Probably. They could take him, and they Got would. It. I own his rights until Got he it. is twenty six, 
and that's that's how it would work because of the the RFA UFA so. status is based on age, mm-hmm. and the draft is before the um the the expansion draft is before free agency. So yeah, they're gonna need to keep him under that game's required limit. Yeah, that's so we're only gonna see him for a part of the season or. And then we're Unless they want to just use a spin. spot on him, because I mean, who else no, are you going to use these spots? <laughs> well, they're already going to be required to protect Larkin, Mantha. Um, unless he's traded, Bertuzzi. Unless Bertuzzi he's traded, we'll get Fabry, Nemestikov. You, you think that those, that's going to be a chunkier forwards right there? Sure. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think we're all in the yeah. same boat though with keeping Rasmussen because yep. I encouraged by how he's developed. Absolutely. And and don't see any issues with him further developing as long as he gets the play time. Just keep getting stronger, and they just become that dominant, big-ass center. Yep. Uh, so next is Evgeny Kevin Spech- Hayes. That's who I was trying to think of earlier. He could be a, a Kevin Hayes-type player. Maybe you think? Not quite, not, maybe not quite that much skill. On Why? Just because he looks like him, Ryan? <laughs> because he's a big fucking dude. He, he can bring some skill and also throw the body and make things happen. Kevin Hayes has gotten better as the years have gone on, mm-hmm. too. I mean, he last year he had a tremendous year in the first year with the Flyers. Uh, I think when he got traded to Winnipeg, he struggled. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. he could be that type of guy that plays center and the wing, and yeah. Yeah, I don't see Rasmussen as a as a 40- to 50-point guy, but I maybe see him yeah. as a as a 30- to 40-point guy, maybe, uh, depending on how, on how, how they, they play him and who they play him with. Yeah. If Raymond and Cider really make that much of an impact on this team, and we start start seeing sco- more scoring, hey, you never know. It's possible. Hey, that um, would be fun, now, wouldn't it? If we started seeing, you know, more scoring consistently than just two games. So uh, yeah. we'll move on to Evgeny Svechnikov. Um, he yes. he has fire right now man does he have fire right now it's three points in two games he didn't have anything i'm not sure he had a point tonight but he'd have three points in three games and in two goals and he made nielsen look like an nhl caliber player it was crazy god damn impressive and and with all the time that he's lost to injury and with all of the development that that he is technically behind on the the kid is showing you what he actually is and what what he was thought of from the beginning before he got hurt. But he's 24 years old, and if you put him, he has shown that if you put him even with mediocre talent, he can he can do something. So imagine putting him on the second line. I mean, hey, you take Sveshnikov if he continues up. He's doing right now in this short couple of games what we were hoping he would do. Yep, and absolutely. you can tell that he's healthy. He's got pep to his step. He's throwing the body like we knew he could before because he's a big dude. Yep. So if he if this continues on, then for reference, he's 6'3", uh, 208 per cap friendly. So that's the type of player a certain someone, Steve Eiserman, wants on his team. Absolutely. You look at Tampa. He's got size with skill. Svechnikov can provide that. He's going to be cheap because he hasn't had a chance to prove himself to be like, I should get this much money. Yeah, he hasn't established himself. No. So you can bridge deal this guy as well, just like you did with Rasmussen for two years, and control his fate. But then guess what? You get to play him with maybe Zadina. Maybe he's on a third line with Rasmussen and Giovanni Smith like they had down in Grand Rapids. Maybe he's actually uh, opposite wing of Lucas Raymond if he – is cracking the lineup next season. Like there's a lot of opportunity there, or you can even put him on the first line with Bertuzzi and Larkin. So I, to me, I think it's a no brainer for what he's shown in the short period. Yes, I get it. Three games with big whoop, but he is the type of player that Iserman is from what we have seen in his, his past, he has cherished and he's providing that spark to guys like Franz Nielsen, Valtteri Filippola, and he's making things happen, and that's what they wanted. And he's doing it on the power play. So, to me, if it's, he, I think I'm, ex- I think I'm so excited because this is what we've wanted to see from him for so long. But he's been so fucking hurt that we haven't, and now it's here. And it's like, thank God, we've been missing this forever. He's the kind of guy that if he was on another team and a team waived him, he Iserman would pick him up. 
Yep. He's he's what Eiserman, I guess, would consider uh, a reclamation project. Yeah, because of his Fabry two Yeah, exactly. So I think that he's he he'll be back. I don't I can't see them getting rid of him, but he's got to stay on the NHL roster. You he can't wave it because healthy because of what he's shown in the past couple games is if you wave him, he someone's going to pick him up. Oh yeah, it'd be like it'd be where we were at a couple years ago where we were excited about Marty Furk and then they waved him and he got picked up and other guys that were in a similar situation were yep. like, "Oh great, Holland's giving away guys for free again." Yeah, which I mean, I didn't care so much about Furk, but it, No, it's, but it's a similar type of situation. It's the same situation, absolutely. Um, well, but yeah, I, I'm bringing I'm bringing Svech back. I'm bringing Svech back as well. I think uh, he he definitely has somewhat of an upside. I remember when he first got drafted and that first year out of he was in junior, right? He played he played up in uh, the Q. Yeah, Kate, yeah, Kate Breton screaming. Yeah, Eagles. Kate Breton. Yep, exactly. Okay, and out of camp, he was looks like looked like he was going to make the team, and uh, this was the last year under Babcock, I believe, and he broke his leg is that what it was it was yeah something, he had something some weird there. his injuries were all freak accidents that one was weird and it looked like he was going to make the team out of camp and and like the last couple of days of camp it was announced that he was done for the season it was like what and yeah i mean it's pretty much been all downhill from there but you talk about just a guy that that couldn't catch a break for the longest time and just watching that game on saturday and then watching the game on Sunday, just like seeing both of those pucks go in the net for him, it's just like so happy for him. Just not as a Red Wing fan, just like as a a hockey fan, and just just to see him excited. You could just tell he was so excited. Like the monkeys off the back. Now I can just go out and play. Now I don't have to worry about getting sent down right away. He's like yeah, now they're not going to trade me or wave me. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I, long story short, I would protect them. I think there's some upside there for sure. Yep. All right, so we're going to uh, move through these next ones. Sam Gagne. I, I, dude, Sam Gagne is a hell of a player, and, and we've talked about him before. He is. I like him if he's cheap. He's one of the, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I'm, I'm indifferent. On, on I wouldn't Gagne. be mad about it, but I don't see it happening. No. I can see him moving on to try to. He, he's been all over the place trying to win. He's the type of guy you actually do root for to try to go win something. Exactly. So I, I'd see him going to a contender and being a depth, depth player, uh, potentially. I mean, we thought he was going to get that in Edmonton, and then they cut him again. So. And he's 31, mm-hmm. and he had a hat trick. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Gagne is he? He's the he's the kind of he's the kind of vet you want on the team. Is what, but again, there's there's guys we need to put in. He he is replaceable, absolutely. That is where you have a John Jonathan Bergeron come in. He yep. takes that role of Sam Gagne. Yeah. And if you were to somehow resign a guy like Bobby Ryan, that's who you use as your mentor, or Hellman, or not Hellman, uh, Mantha and Bertuzzi, and you let them learn off them. I agree with that. I have no problem with bringing Gagne back on a short deal. And, uh, I mean, if you trade him at the deadline, then trade him at the deadline. But, I mean, I, I don't see any problem in bringing him back if you're not trading him at the deadline. Because yeah, be you're going to have to bring one, one or two of these veterans back. You're not going to bring Berger in into the lineup. You're not going to bring all the guys up from not up from GR but the guys coming over here from Sweden you're not going to bring all those guys and put them in the lineup there's no there's no possible way so Bergeron, i mean I you're going to have to have Bergeron, yes Lucas Raymond i could see insider i could see that's three rookies in the lineup you're not going to have much more than that rookie wise in the lineup so uh i mean you're going to have to bring at least one or two of these vets back yeah, and I think the other thing is that people are automatically assuming Lucas Raymond's going to be in next season, and I don't nah, think that's, that's the case. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, of those names, the ones we aren't talking about are down in Grand Rapids. I think Horosi can fit the role of Gagne yeah. to a T. Yeah, absolutely. So, and he's obviously an RFA as well. I know we're not going to get that deep into it, but I could see that as your replacement. Similar-sized player. Fit the same role. We know that Hiroshi has talent, and he was impressive this year. I could see him making a, a mainstay on the bottom six. Yeah, absolutely. And Hiroshi is blowing up the AHL. So, 
I, I like you said, it's to to bring in someone like Hiroshi to replace Agane is an easy thing to do. It's no especially if you keep someone opinion. like Bobby Ryan. Yeah, he's so. got Hiroshi for reference to your point is eight points in four games in Grand Rapids, one goal, seven assists, which yeah. is exactly what isn't it isn't surprising at, at all. He's a, he is a playmaker through and through, and is a guy that could potentially be on the power play, similar role as what Gagne was. So I think that's where I think Gagne to me, after saying all of that, would be a no bringing Hiroshi. Yep. All right. So the next ones were oh man, we're going pretty long on this. Uh, the next we'll go through pretty quickly. Uh, Jonathan Bernier, I think you trade him if you can. You run mm-hmm. with Grice, you play Fulcher as a backup, and you get some assets for Bernier and you figure out your goalie situation in the offseason because it's going to be a goddamn mess. Yeah. Um, and then Bernier we'll, was also on the big board for, for Craig Custance. Yep. So we'll go into defense. Uh, Mark Stahl, nope. 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 Gone. Uh, I, think, I don't think we need to say anything else. On nope. That uh, Patrick Nemeth. Uh, I'd bring uh, uh, Nemeth, like you said, is 29 now. I would. Sure. Uh, the only defenseman I see them bringing in is Cider next season. So, yeah. I mean, other other than that, I don't know. If you're getting rid of Mark Stahl and you're bringing in a Moritz Cider, that's a million times upgrade. So, sure. Sure. Sign Nemeth for another year. Until someone like, uh, maybe someone like a Johansson is ready. Yeah. Uh, Nimith is a good shutdown defensive defender. That's all we expected of him from the get go. He fits a bottom pair role, and you can still throw him on the PK, and you know that you're pretty much gonna get the same thing every single night. Yeah, you could pair a guy like Cider with Nemeth, and that would be like a yeah, good protect him a little pretty bit. Pretty good protective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nemeth would yeah, be able to give Cider like some that. space to move around. Big time. So, you know he's not going to be pushed in the same way. Yep. Uh, next guy is Christian Juice. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yes. Christian Juice has been somewhat of a revolution for the Red Wings defense. Uh, he has been one of our better defensemen since he came under the team. Took him a few games to get ready and to kind of get used to everything. But I, he's Are been you surprised? solid. Am I, am I, I'm surprised that they waived him. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, With how he's playing. He was. I thought he did well with Washington for those couple years. He's not very old. He's what twenty six years old. Yeah, only so twenty six. He fits. A, he fits a, a role for Detroit. He can be on the power play, which he's where he's been. Been a great pretty, power play quarterback. Pretty damn effective. He broke the. And he broke the streak. Yeah, yep. he did. So I, I think that's a guy that you can multitask him. He's an RFA, so you can put him at one year, two years. Obviously, he'll be a UFA after that, but. You can still, I think, get him cheap, and he'll be effective for a few seasons in the back end until maybe you sign him until his age thirty season. Christian Juice is playing better than Philip Hronik. and that's I was just about to say that that is not good. Uh, no, for, yeah. So I mean, right now, he, and, and I mean, that's not a, a knock on saying Juice is terrible. That's just saying Hronik has been not good. Um, but yeah, Juice has been been one of our better next to I think Stetcher. Juice has yep. been one of our better defensemen. Stetcher, Stetcher, and and Juice are are like a revolution for the Mer- defense. Merrill they, too they, at that point. Yeah, Merrill yeah. too, exactly. And and you would think Merrill, the size he is, he would be a guy that kind of turns the puck over a little bit, and he's not that fast. He's actually pretty fast and, and pretty physical, and he also doesn't really turn the puck over too, too much either. So. He's sound with the puck, and he's not afraid to jump in on the rush, and I think that's been the biggest upside to the defense this year is that Blaschel, with what we've seen the last several years, has been wanting to push the defense. We saw it with Team USA, and they haven't been able to do it because they've been geriatric fuckheads. So <laughs> that's the, like that's Eric, putting it lightly. <laughs> yeah, you've got guys like Erickson back there that would trip over a blue line. Oh, that's a- so. But now he has mobility. Even Mark Stahl, for all the hell that we give him, has been good when he pushes up. But he also yep. can skate to get back. Yeah, and that's where guys like John Merrill and, and Juice, especially, have been fantastic. Is that they have a good cycle as a team to get the defense involved. And that's where I think that's been the difference this year outside the results in the score. Yep. Offensively juice is the guy that we wanted Heronic to be. Well, this season, well, especially this yeah. season is what I mean. Yeah. More so. I mean, Heronic is, 
He's still only 23 like, years old, so there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement. Defensemen take a while. The lack but, of yeah. goals is the worst part because no, he still has 10 assists, which leads the team. There's got to be something going on with Ronick. And I don't know what, but like he he played. He he should have been in midseason form when I mean, he came in. He's still technically third in on the Here's the fucked up part is he's third on the team in points. Sure, but just the eye it's I guess a lot of it is the eye test and it's you look at shot, it and you go the God. eye test he's been awful. You go god <laughs> damn, just like move shot, your feet. Shot selection has been awful. Well, p- pick up your assignment. Like and James our Australian counterpart made the great point that from what he saw as he picked up some of his, of his old really bad habits while playing in Europe before coming back. And it looks like that is what we are dealing with right now. Because he had some of these issues oh, early on in Grand Rapids. He finally seemed to be rid of those demons last season and building up on what we thought was going to be his breakout year. And now maybe from the layoff and then going over to Europe and now coming back, those demons have come back. Well, what it what it looks like it is is you send him to a place with more space and then he comes back. He's like, oh, shit, this is the NHL. I don't have that much time to do anything or to, to close my gaps. or But he seems a step slower because you threw him back where there's a larger ice surface. Yeah. I mean, he's still eating up minutes. He's leading the team in time on ice. He has 10 assists, like I said, which leads the team. But I think the part that is concerning to all of us is the lack of goals, which is what we thought was going to be coming from him because last year it seemed like he got every puck through. This year it seems like he can't get a single fucking thing through because he just thinks that shin pads are are target practice. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so these next ones we're going to run through uh, kind of quickly. Um, uh, We covered Hironic. We're going to take him back. He's going to try it around. It's just he's kind of not great this season. He'll be a bridge deal, I think. Yep. Uh, John Merrill. I'll take John Merrill. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Defense has been improved, so we'll take it. The only one I think is a for sure gone is Stahl. DeKaiser is a toss-up if he ends up being... He's the only one that's not expiring, but I could see him going... You'd have to buy him out, or you'd have to trade him, because he's I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll be a buyout, but I could see him as a potential LTIR or IR candidate. We'll see. He's playing again, so... He's only I, 30. <laughs> I know he's only 30, but if his back issue can... It, in any sort of way becomes more of a problem, he's fucked. Yeah. And we've, I know we've talked about yeah. it before. Is yeah, it going to happen? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, we know that there will be a full off season, and he's going to get stronger. So, I mean, my hope is that that is the case, and he fulfills that $5 million contract. But we'll see. Okay. We're going to go Alex Biega. I'm going to say no. Nope. No, 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 no. Uh, Gustav Lindstrom, I take him or leave him. Doesn't matter to me. And there are people that love the guy. I Yeah. We're doing fine Don't without t- him. Jen would have her opinion, so we'll leave sure. it at no. Yeah, I'm gonna I'd say bring it back. I'd bring it back. Why not? Why not? I mean, he doesn't fucking play because he doesn't play. And you've got Albert. He's jo- on the taxi squad, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. So you've got Albert. Jo- uh, Albert Johansson soon because he needs to ha- hit the exposure requirement. He needs like two more games. Sure, but you've got an Albert Johansson who's going to come over. You've got probably Gustav Berglund who's going to come over in a couple mm-hmm. years. You've got Cider coming in. I, I don't think you need him, and he hasn't proven no. that he, he's a bottom pair guy. So I'd there are people Joe that Hickett's love him. Over him. Sure, there are people that love him and say, "Oh my God, he's going to be amazing." And then there's other people where he did play good for some games and he yeah. looked like a solid defenseman. But I think we've moved past it to where we've seen other defensemen do better. And with even with what also Eisenman didn't draft them either. So sure, and even with what we've got now, no one—he's not beating anyone out of the lineup. No. So what's McIsaac's the point? Isaac's coming as well. Man, if McIsaac mm-hmm. comes back from injury, we'll see what happens. If he's ever healthy. Yeah. Uh, oh, the last true. big one is Tyler Bertuzzi. Um, mm. Yeah, we're going to... Now, uh, the question, it's going to be about more what type of contract does he actually get. Yeah, so we'll move into actual... Take that into the next uh, segment, which we're going to have to actually do pretty quickly here, which is uh, big board for trades. There are three Red Wings on the big board. Um that are Luke Glendening. This is, this is from the athletic. Yeah, Luke Glendening comes in at number thirteen. Jonathan mm-hmm. Bernier comes in at fifteen. Bobby Ryan comes in at sixteen. Which, like you said, we could see all of them being traded because of of how they play and what they provide. They all have a very specific role, obviously. Yep. But the other part that was interesting in here is that there is a quote from <laughs> uh, someone in the league, and let me see if I can find it. 
there's a quote in here under the Luke Glenn Denning one that just basically says Luke Glenn Denning's the perfect depth ad for a team hoping to make a long playoff run. But at the end, it also says that there is also belief that Red Wings general manager Steve Eisman would consider trading one of his younger forwards like Tyler Bertuzzi and Anthony Mantha in the right deal. Quote, I wouldn't be shocked if Eiserman moved one of his top young forwards, said one executive. I think he's listening on all things. So... Not Larkin, no, you don't think, No, right? no. Okay. It, I, the, what they're saying is the belief is Bertuzzi or Manta, which, sure, I could see it happening for the right deal in there. You know, you know the fan base would implode if Tyler Bertuzzi got traded. Absolutely, they've already yeah. they've already cut ties with Mantha because he hasn't scored enough for their liking. Even though he's he's lazy, yeah, fine, whatever. But they would die if Tyler Bertuzzi got traded. Yeah, I think so. I'm starting to get into the conversation of if you can get something that is worth it for Mantha, then I think you can you you would entertain it at least. I, and I'm not to say that you have to do it. I'm just saying that, I mean, it, it feels like the ship's starting to sail. Sure. I don't, I don't think that nine points in 23 games is really helping that sail. No, not at all. And, and are you going to sell? Goals. Are you going to sell Mantha low? Like I'm not selling Mantha low. No, that's true that, too. That'd be but where I'm, you're at at this point because you look at the comparison to last season where he was at through 23 games to now, it's not good. He's not. I wonder if it has a lot. Like he he seems like a guy that, that they were talking about this on the broadcast the other the other night. I wonder if he's like the type of guy that has to be like in a not full building, but you know, have some fans there like cheering him on. I wonder if if the lack of motivation uh, is is tough for him. I mean, I know it's excuse making, but I mean, still, I mean, it's definitely a fair question to ask, especially you know, given everything that's gone on over the last you know almost year now yeah um i, mean, I wonder put, if that's factoring in, in here's let's put it in comparison real quick he had 22 points in 23 games last this first 23 games last year yeah well here's here's my stance on mantha uh, are you going to trade him right now and get a low ball offer and that's pretty much all you're going to get uh and take it no Draft is it. mantha is mantha helping your team right now Yes and no, mostly no. But is he hurting your team? No, he's not hurting your team. No. And does it hurt you to keep? You just gave him a contract. Does it hurt you to play him next season and see what happens? No, doesn't hurt no. you at all. And in fact, it could help you because you're going to have a new coach. And really, so, that's kind of the biggest crutch in trading him is the contract. Exactly. At, at least for the next, for the remainder of this year and next year, because if they try to retain. Like, how long does the retaining of salary go for? Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you're not going to retain salary for the length of Mantha's contract. No, Because no, that's ridiculous. So you're going to go and you're going to look at well, a you team. Can't do that, can you? You, you can, but a team's going to come and look and they're going to go say, oh, we'll give you a second round pick in this prospect because Mantha's, look at his numbers and we don't know if he's going to bounce back because he's had a problem like this before and all that. And that's not really worth it to you to do that. So he's not hurting you. You know this is going to be a bad year anyways. If he floats, who gives a fuck? Because, I mean, it's uh, you should care, but you shouldn't. it shouldn't make you say trade him right now. But if the right deal comes around, if someone says, we know what Mantha can do, we'll give you this first round pick and prospect for him, do it. Sure. But no, you're not going to sell Mantha low just because he's having an off year on a year where your team's already garbage anyways. Why would you do that? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, it's, if this was last season and that was the conversation, I think that's where you sell high. Uh, it, looking at this, I mean, you know what potential is there, but I, I just don't see it happening. Nope. I don't either. Especially with the salary I, cap situation. I think there's more of a chance they'd trade Bertuzzi than they would Mantha. Sure. But yeah, he's an expiring deal. You yeah. can get away with it, and then you retain half that salary or whatever you can, and teams can finagle themselves into a playoff run. Yeah, but I think we're going to save the Bertuzzi trade talk for next week, tease. Uh, oh. We're going to wrap it up tonight because we're a little over, and uh, I'm going to do uh, start with final thoughts with Ryan. 
Uh, final thoughts. Well, we finally beat Chicago, so fuck you guys, even though you beat us <laughs> like redheaded stepchildren shortly after. Um, but no, it's I, I can't figure this team out. And I think that's the most frustrating aspect of all of it. Um, it's The team hot. can't figure this team out. No. It, <laughs> I retweeted it myself from three years ago, uh, what the hell went wings and it's still relevant to this day so that tells you the state of the team at the moment but thanks ken holland yeah i think for what we talked about it kind of goes to what we've said before where we need to have patience as pissed off as we all get um and that there's going to be a lot of change forthcoming that we really need quickly but we've already seen in a short time the type of players that steve eiserman can impact and bring in here. So let's get through the year as much as it fucking sucks and we'll deal with it. But also again, a huge shout out to everyone that supported the Jamie, Jamie Daniels foundation. Uh, it's, they posted the video. I haven't had a chance to watch it, watch it yet of Ken Daniels actually reacting to how much money was brought in. So yeah, it was pretty, if you haven't had a chance to go check that out, like Greg said, it's pretty awesome video. Buddy of mine actually texted me about it a little bit ago, so I'm gonna go after we're done here, get on there and check it out. But uh, other than that, hockey's on, so enjoy it. Go watch the Edmonton Oilers. It's yeah, don't watch us. Fun. Yeah, the Oilers are a good time if you can watch them. But other than that, enjoy Twitter. Marty Ryan thirty three. Yeah, I guess my final thoughts are: I mean, at least we're not the Buffalo Sabers, right? I mean, they're going through <laughs> oh. their second rebuild and. Well, about to go into their second rebuild in the last what fifteen years now. And Can I comment on that real quick. Go I ahead. I was sent a fantastic tweet about the Buffalo Sabers between Jack Eichel, Taylor Hall, and Jeff Skinner. The Buffalo Sabers have a combined three goals between Jesus those three Christ. players. One for each of them. Twenty-seven combined points in a combined twenty-seven million dollars in cap hit. They're doing great. (laughs) So thank you, actually, Tyler, for the best fucking thing we could have heard. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the the Sabres, that's that's another discussion for another day. But at least we're not the Sabres. We're going through a rebuild. We had some glory days. The, The times are coming where hopefully things will start to get better again. But you always have to remind yourself that these rebuilds, they take time and sometimes they don't work. And you know what? That's the beauty of this. Sometimes they don't work several times. (laughs) A la Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, well, you know, that's where we are. But hey, you know what? Hockey's on. Like Ryan said, go uh, drink beer, watch hockey, and and be happy. And don't watch this team because this team blows. I'm I'm kidding, of course. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Yeah, my final thoughts are going to be congratulations to our jersey winner. Uh, we we do awesome contest stuff uh, all the time, and now that we're part of the Hockey Podcast Network, we get even more opportunities to uh, do contests for our listeners. So uh, stay tuned for stuff like that. Stay tuned on Twitter. That's where a lot of it happens, uh, and you do the likes and the retweets, and then we win, and you have a chance to win stuff. So congratulations. Are we do a t-shirt giveaway? Uh, what? Are we going to do a t-shirt giveaway? Oh, yeah, that'll, that'll that? come up. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll do that pretty soon. There we go. But yeah, uh, it's it's awesome to to be a part of the the podcast network where it's just a bunch of other people who do the same thing we do for different teams, and it's cool to just have uh, other people to talk to that are kind of in the same boat as you. A lot of fun stuff. Uh, but you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. We like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline Podcast. We also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape. If you go to Howie'sHockeyTape.com and use the promo code Grindline, you can get ten percent off your order. If you use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back, you can get 12% off your order. You can also go to redbubble.com and search the grind line to find our merch there. But that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town. <laughs>